Hey friends, and welcome to episode 127 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick, and you know that from time to time, I love to ask the question, is work-life balance a real thing? But let me add two more questions into the mix. Can you run a successful business with your spouse? And is it possible to be a dedicated entrepreneur and a parent at the same time? Well, take a look at today's guest, Kat Schmoyer, and the answers are yes, yes, and yes. So what does Kat do? A better question might be, what doesn't she do? Let me tell you a little bit about Kat Schmoyer. Well, to start, Kat runs multiple businesses from home with her husband, Matt. There's Dear Sweetheart Events, a wedding planning business based in Virginia. Uh, There's Creative at Heart, an online membership community and conference. Kat Schmoyer, her namesake brand, where she hosts a mastermind and offers coaching and integration services. Then don't forget about Talking Small Business, one of my favorite podcasts for creatives that Kat co-hosts with her biz bestie, Megan Martin. You might remember Megan from back in episode 52. And on top of all of that, Kat and Matt have two young children, Micah and May, and they just welcomed their third baby, a precious girl named Sadie, into the world. You might look at Kat's to-do list and panic, but as a multi-passionate person who's driven to do what she loves, Kat is thriving. Being her own boss and working with Matt means that they both have the freedom and flexibility to raise their kids and run their businesses. In today's conversation with Kat, she shares the essential tools and resources she uses for task management and operations. There's only four of them. She tells us what it means to be an integrator for a visionary. She talks about how to create a sustainable ongoing routine to tackle your daily tasks and bring your dreams to life. And then finally, she talks a bit about how to get started with quarterly planning without getting overwhelmed. As usual, you can find all the details for this episode over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 127. And with that, it's about time we get started. So let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Hey, Kat, welcome to It's About Time. I am so excited to reconnect with you today. How are you doing? 
I'm doing so good, Anna, and this is going to be so fun. <laughs> I'm so glad we finally got this on the calendar. I know we've been trying for a little while now, and I just can't wait to hang out with you for a little bit today. Thank you so much for giving your time. I try to stay away from the word busy, but you have such a full schedule, a very abundant schedule. <laughs> and so yes. thank you so much for making some time to talk about you know, what you've been up to, how things are going, and uh, tell us a little bit about how you do life and business. So I already, of course, in the intro, shared the official Catch Moyer bio, but I'd love to hear from you in your own words. How do you spend your time these days? To avoid the word busy, <laughs> let's go, let's keep going with like full in abundance because yeah. I do feel like that is life right now, right. but it's all good things. It's like wonderful things to fill time with. So my husband and I work from home together. We own the businesses that we run together, which I is like incredible for us. And we mm -hmm. absolutely love doing that. We have three children. And actually, when we're recording this episode, the third one hasn't quite arrived yet. <laughs> but by the time this episode airs, she will be here. But yeah, that that will make life even fuller. At that point, we will have three under four. Wow. So life will be very full. <laughs> yeah, very quiet. Again, lots of all sleep. Yeah, totally. To absolutely. And we'll be potty training one. It's just, it's going to be a great CP one. Uh -huh. But I love it. And something that Matt and I, my husband and I love about our life is that we really do get to have the freedom and the flexibility to be a family unit so much, like pretty much constantly, like 24 seven while mm -hmm. running our business and raising our children. And it's just such a blessing for us to get to do that and truly like a gift from God. Um, on the business side of things, I host Creative at Heart. So we have an online membership community and a conference. And then I also have my namesake brand, Catch Moyer Brand, where I host a mastermind and offer coaching and I have an integration agency. So the business is filled with services as well as digital products. And we've got like lots of different things going on, but I'm definitely that multi-passionate person that likes to do a lot of things. And I'm really driven in doing the things I love to do. So if I don't love it, it gets easily kicked off my to-do list. And so I really try to cultivate my to-do list to be the things that I love doing and want to do. Oh, that is so wise. And you mentioned several businesses and several different things that you do. Can you tell us a little bit about, first I'll ask about the creative at heart piece. You know, what exactly is that you mentioned there's a membership, there's a conference. I actually had the honor of giving a pre-conference session for Creative at Heart Round 10 and attending Creative at Heart Round 10. And I'll say that like before, before Kat dives in and tells you how amazing it is, I'll tell you that it was just such a wonderful experience to bring so many different just creative business owners together. But tell me a little bit about that. Like how long have you been doing Creative at Heart? So I started Creative at Heart when I was about 10 months into running my first business, which I, did, I didn't even mention when I was like sharing about the other things. I My first step into entrepreneurship was wedding planning. Okay. And I did the very cliche thing by planning my own wedding and then thinking, huh, maybe I can do this for other people. And so I launched my wedding planning company not long after my husband and I got married. This was back in 2013. And really early on in the industry, this was pre-Rising Tide Society. So pre that like community over competition wave mm -hmm. that truly like swept over the creative industry. Pre all of that, there was a lot of competition. There yeah. was a lot of cutthroat and specifically in my location with wedding planning. It was very wow. difficult to truly find a friend and just be like, hey, could we like go to coffee? Just 
just talk about wedding planning. So I started Creative at Heart because I had a desire to really show the industry we're all creative at heart. Like we can all come together as one unit to learn and grow and build that community. And it started as um, an annual conference. And so we kicked off our first conference in 20. 15. It was January of 2015 was our first conference. And then over the course of, you know, the last several years have been able to do more conferences. And then we took it online and have our online membership community now as well. Wow. I love the idea of events and event planning. That's actually what I wanted to do when I was in college. It just seems like there are so many moving pieces and parts Mm -hmm. and details And that you just really have to have a very specific set of skills and things that you're passionate about in order to really thrive as an event planner, coordinator, all the things. So Kat, events, are they hard? I mean, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but I agree. I do think it's project planning, project management, seeing it from start to finish. And I feel like from wedding planning to hosting the conference to now doing what I do with integration, Mm. it's all aspects of management and of project planning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. I know that was probably the silliest question ever, but I couldn't (laughs) resist. Are they hard? So you mentioned integration. Dive into that a little bit. What, What does that mean? Great question. Let definitely let's talk about this. And I because I know you and I've talked about this like one on one about okay, what is an what is integration? What is an integrator? So the term integrator stems from the book Traction, which if you are listening and you own your own business, I highly recommend reading the book Traction. It is phenomenal. Traction talks about how small businesses need to truly build traction in their business by having some sort of operating system. And so operating systems, that word feels like really big and scary, especially if you're a solopreneur and you're like, wait, what is my operating system? Like, But basically an operating system is how you do what you do. How do you make things happen in your business? How do you go from point A to point B? And so it's making sure that things feel streamlined and organized. And also you have goals set in there to continue to see traction, to move forward in your business. That's how the operating system helps you do that. So in the book Traction, they bring up the the term integrator. And the philosophy, I guess I should say, is that every business needs an integrator and that a visionary is that CEO running the ship, like really understands the vision and where they want to go. And the integrator steps in beside the visionary and says, okay, I love this vision. I love this goal. How can we get there? Let's make it realistic. How can we get from point A to point B? And so I realized in 2020 that I always thought I was a visionary and I've run my own business for several years at that point, but I actually had a lot of characteristics of integration and with that project planning, goal setting, event management, just like I like to be in the weeds and understand all of the moving pieces of the vision to make it happen. So in early 2021, I launched an integration agency. And so now we work with high level creatives to help them make their goals a reality. So from building out product funnels on the digital side to helping them scale their services, we're really in the weeds, helping them create that content plan and then execute that content plan. So it's like coaching on steroids, if that makes sense. And it's been really fun to dive into that over the last two years. 
Coaching on steroids. I love the way that you put that because as a coach, you're able to ask the powerful questions and bring out the best in people to help them take those big visionary ideas and make them uh, more structured, bring them into something that you can actually execute on. But then you and your team also do the doing, right? You get right. into the weeds. Absolutely. So we work, our ideal client with the agency is a solopreneur. It's someone who either has no desire to build their own team because mm -hmm. as like, like you have to manage this person, you have to have like a salary for this person. Like it's mm -hmm. a lot to manage and to build your own team. Yeah. And there are truly some people that have no desire to do that. And that's okay. You shouldn't feel forced to fit yourself into that mold Absolutely. if that's not what you want to do in your business. So it's either someone who has no desire to run a team or maybe they're not quite there yet financially. Mm -hmm. So they need us like in that interim because they know like maybe you've got some systems in place, but you need actual humans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you need people helping do this work. And so right now I have three girls on my team, like three part-time team members. And so we step into a business. I work with the visionary on the strategy, on the plan. Okay. What are we doing? All right. We're doing YouTube every week. And mm -hmm. like, here's what we're doing on the content plan. Mm -hmm. And then my team executes that or, okay, you're launching a membership in July. All right, here's the plan. And my team executes it. So wow. I like it because we get to do a lot of different things. We get to do the organic marketing side. We also get to do launch management or evergreen funnels. And again, I like to be in the weeds. I like to see all of the moving pieces of the business. Wow. The energy that you bring to explaining that makes it so clear that you absolutely love doing this work. Thank you. I do. I really do. It's so different with every client. And again, I'm very selfish about, I started this business to do what I love. So I want to do what I love every day. Yeah. And I like that I get to bounce around and work with all of these different exceptional creatives, like just incredible visionaries, mm -hmm. helping them reach those goals. So you said high level creatives. Can you give me some examples of, you don't have to name specific names if, if you don't want to, but can you give me some specific examples of types of businesses? What are the different types of businesses that you're bouncing around in? Are they all very similar? Are they all very different? For the most part, they're similar. Right now, the majority of our clients are in the wedding industry. And so they're creatives that have built a very successful service side of their business. So whether mm -hmm. that's wedding photography, wedding planning, something like that. And again, they're they're either just trying to scale, so they need more help with the services to build out their team and what they're doing, or they're, they want to move into more digital products, mm. but they're so busy on the service side. They're shooting 30 to 40 weddings a year, wow. so they don't necessarily have the capacity to build out that course or work on that evergreen funnel. And so that's where my team can help fill in those gaps and truly be like the extra humans that they need. Wow. Okay, so Kat, there's Creative at Heart, the conference. There's Creative at Heart, the membership, the online membership, mm -hmm. so that people can take in education anytime, anywhere. There's the integrator agency, where you mm -hmm. are in a number of different businesses helping visionaries execute on their big ideas, but you also serve in some other ways, too. You have a mastermind, I believe. Of course, you have a mastermind. I was in Kat's mastermind and it was an absolutely- <laughs> I, I do still have it. <laughs> <laughs> it was an awesome experience. And I've mentioned that experience before on the podcast. Natasha Coyle was a past podcast guest who was on, who was in that mastermind with me. Kat, tell me a little bit about that, okay? Because we're really starting to stack up the different projects and things on your to-do list. Tell me about the mastermind. 
So I do host a mastermind. It's a six-month experience. We'll be kicking off the next cohort in July. So we'll have July through December with the next group of creatives. I love the mastermind. Uh, For me, the mastermind is, it's like all of the things I like to do put in a community aspect. Mm-hmm. So it it allows me to be, I feel like do a little bit more than what I can do in one-on-one coaching because I'm given more time with the members in the mastermind since it's a six-month experience. We mm-hmm. also factor in a two-day retreat. Mm-hmm. And obviously I love in-person community with hosting the conference. So I'm all about let's cozy up in sweatpants and have implementation days together as a group. And again, just really get things done. So yes, that's a little bit more about the mastermind. Oh, wait. And you coach people one-on-one? I do. Very limited. (laughs) You have a shop as well. You have a shop with a very successful calendar and other products. Tell me a little bit about that. Because again, we're racking up this list of things that you have going on. And I'm getting more and more curious about how you make this happen. But tell me about the shop. Yeah. So the shop really is like passive revenue. So mm-hmm. the great thing about a shop is once you get it up, it can run on autopilot if you yeah. have the right content marketing strategy in play. And I believe in diversifying revenue, diversifying income. If 2020 taught us anything, y'all, it taught us to make sure you're diversified. Don't just rely on one specific thing, especially if it's a service because you know the world shut down that year. <clears throat> so I love having the online shop, the calendar. We do a printable calendar and a quarterly calendar every year. I also have a handful of master classes and I love Trello. Trello is a huge part of how I'm able to to do all the things that I do and to manage my team. So I've got some Trello templates and bundles in there as well. Wow. Okay. So that actually brings me to my next big question, Kat, because My head is spinning thinking about all of these different things that you do. You've got Creative at Heart, an amazing conference, an amazing membership community. You have the mastermind, the small group community where you're pouring into women for six months. You do some one-on-one coaching. You've got your integrator agency, plus you're a wife and you're a mom to currently two kids and very soon to be three. How... Oh, and you have a podcast. You and Megan Martin have uh, Talking Small Business and you have a great YouTube channel. How exactly do you do all of this, Kat? Give us your secrets. I'm not superwoman. And like when you say it like that, it, it does sound like a lot. Like I'm even like, whoa, there is, there's a lot of things right there. But I guess permission slip for everyone. Like I'm genuinely not superwoman. I work four days a week. I have one day a week where I'm with the kids and in that mom mode. And so I have four days. And for me, it comes down to really understanding what's on my to-do list so that I know what I need to prioritize. I don't want to spin my wheels. Who wants to spin our wheels? We don't want to end the day feeling like we didn't do anything. I want to try to be like as productive and as efficient as I can. And that means that I need to understand the big picture. So I need to have that 1,000 foot view of here's what's happening. So now let me prioritize based on all of the things that are happening so I can move the needle forward in these various areas. Ooh, I definitely have more questions about figuring out that big (laughs) picture. But before we go big picture, I want to zoom in. You said that you use Trello to keep yourself organized. I've mentioned Mm -hmm. Trello before on the podcast, but for those of you who are unfamiliar, Kat, tell us a little bit about Trello and then any of the other programs or just go-to things that you use to to make all this happen? Trello is definitely my number one. It's free, first of all. I feel like I always have to start with that because uh, hello, small business world. Like it's amazing (laughs) to have a tool we can use and we can use so much in our business for free. I truly do streamline 
everything on Trello. My full team is on Trello. When we're onboarding new clients, we're onboarding them into Trello. Trello is task management. So I like to think of it like Pinterest for your to-dos and that you organize things on what's called boards. So I'll have a, I have a, my week board. So I do all of my weekly planning in Trello. I don't use a paper planner. Everything I want to see is right there in Trello. That way it's all digital. I can access it anywhere from any device on on my iPad because I have to be with the kids or I can sit at my desk, like wherever I am, my team can also see it. So I love having my planner digitally like that. But then I also have various boards for the things happening in the business. So Mm -hmm. my content calendar, when we're planning the new conference, when I'm working on it, like a launch board for a client, like everything lives right there in Trello. So Trello is hands down the number one tool I recommend for just organizing those to-dos and not feeling like you're scrambling with like sticky notes in a thousand places. That's not fun. It's really not fun. Honestly, Trello is the number one tool that I recommend. Outside of Trello, I am a big Google Calendar person. So Google Calendar has the nitty gritty details for um, exactly what time I have certain things. I love that it integrates with Zoom so I can easily like pop in those Zoom links as needed. We also use Slack a lot. Mm. That's all of our team communication, all of my clients. They have various Slack channels. I want to be out of my inbox as much as possible because your inbox is a distraction and it stops you from moving the needle on a lot of the to-dos that you have because you're just bouncing around in your inbox. So for priorities, like my clients, my mastermind, my team, we're all in Slack and that's where I can communicate with them the fastest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you've mentioned Trello, Google Calendar, Zoom, and Slack. I too have become a huge Slack fan. In Clockwise, we are primarily, we primarily communicate with Slack. Uh, And so I maybe get three emails a day, max. And it is wonderful. It's wonderful. Okay. So Trello, Google Calendar, Zoom, Slack. That is a really great stack. And I love that you've only mentioned four things. And that's pretty simple Mm -hmm. because when you are running a business uh, that is so multifaceted, serving clients, you're in a number of different places. I would think that keeping things as simplified and streamlined as possible just makes your life easier. Absolutely. I I don't want to bounce around and try to remember, wait, where did I put that? Does it live here? Does it live there? No, I want to simplify every process that I can. Mm -hmm. Everything at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you were talking just a moment ago about how the reason why you're able to work four days a week and pour into your integrator agency clients, your mastermind members, plan the conference, do the membership is because you're very clear on the big picture plan and what you need to do in order to make that big picture plan happen. That's right. That's kind of absolutely. And so tell me more about that big picture plan, because you said a moment ago that you don't, you don't really think of yourself as a visionary but still you're able to create that big picture plan for yourself. So tell me about what this actually looks like in your business. So when I think about a big picture plan, I like to think about it in a 90 day increment. And that might not seem so big. Like you might be thinking, oh, that's not really that big. Like 90 days isn't that big. But I have found that if I try to go too much bigger than 90 days, there's so much unknown out there. Again, going back to that 2020 example, like so much happened in that year we could never have expected. And so we were all kind of like 
flying by the seat of our pants. Even for me personally this year, like with having our third baby, so much is going to change in that. And so going so big picture that it feels like I'm up in the clouds, I don't feel like I can be as strategic with the plan. Whereas if I go to a 90-day view and look big picture over 90 days, it's. I'm sure you can even think about your next 90 days. Like right now, we're gearing up for Q3. So July, August, September, you probably have a pretty good idea of what's about to happen in mm-hmm. the personal side of your life as well as in the business side of your life over the next 90 days. So when I say big picture, I think about it from that 90-day increment knowing, okay, what's happening over 90 days and what do I need to do to make sure that I'm hitting the goals that I want, or I'm seeing traction in certain areas of my business. Mm -hmm. So you tend to think of big picture in terms of 90 days instead of the whole year. Correct. Interesting. So have you always been a 90-day quarterly planner? Yes. I don't like annual planning at all. I I just think that life changes so much. Business changes so much, either in like logistical things. Again, like maybe you're moving or you're having a baby or there's like a life event that's happening in that 360 day, 365 day, you know, time frame. Mm-hmm. Or your own passions change. We're entrepreneurs. You've started a business because you love it, but who knows how that's gonna pivot and change over the course of the year. And so I feel like I work with visionaries that go big picture in terms of one year, two year, three year. But goodness, like what about all the life that's going to be lived in that timeframe and how can we actually be strategic about putting those puzzle pieces together? We can't. We can be the most strategic if we think about it in a 90-day section of time. Wow. So how do you create your 90-day plan? I love this question. Okay, so (laughs) quarterly planning, 90-day increments. The great thing, number one, is you get to do it four times a year. So if you're like me and you love planning, take the – that's exciting, right? You get to do it four times a year. If you're like my biz bestie, Megan, and you're like, avoid planning at all costs, like super tight B, doesn't want to plan at all, it's good for her because it's bite-sized. It's, okay, we're not planning for a whole year. We're planning in 90-day increments. Every single quarter, rinse and repeat, I do the exact same things. Every single quarter, I assess four things for that quarter coming up. Time, money, dreams, and dailies. Time is the most obvious. Time, finite. Like what's happening in that 90-day increment. And you don't have to get into like super specifics with like your hourly schedule. We'll get there. Right now, time is, again, big picture. So July August and September. Are you taking a family vacation? Do you have kids that are getting ready to start school? What is happening in that 90 day on the personal side as well as in the business? Do you have some services? And so you have some client work, deliverables. Are you launching anything? Like what's happening on the business? So time-wise, I want to assess personal and I want to assess business. Then the next step is money. And this is actually what I think is the most missed step for small business owners. We tend to like look at our time and then go right to what's the dream? What's the big goal that I can make happen? When in reality, 
you're trying to run a profitable business, or at least I hope you are, and that's what I want your business to be, is profitable, as profitable as it can be. So money has to be assessed. Where are you at revenue-wise for the year? What are your projections? What do you still need to come in? What does that look like in terms of the finances of your business? So I want to look at time and I want to look at money because those are both the foundational pieces of strategic goal setting. Then after I've taken a really good look at the time and money piece, that's when I get to have fun with it and bring in the dreams. Mm. I'm a big fan of having a parking lot list, which is basically just my way of saying, if I have an idea, I need to park it somewhere. I need to like get it out of my head and put it somewhere and keep it there. And then I can assess it when it's time to look at the next goal. So every quarter I assess time, I assess money, and then I get to look at my parking lot list and I get to say, all right, what did I want to do? Oh, I want to try to launch this new product for the shop or, oh, okay. We wanted to do a virtual summit for the conference or I get to just look and I get to pick and choose what makes sense based on time and money, mm-hmm. what makes sense based on what's realistically happening for our family and for the business, and how are we doing revenue-wise. So you set the goal based on the foundational pieces of time and money. And then the last step is what I call dailies. And that's where you get into the micro of time. So that's where you really start to look at, okay, what's your daily schedule? What's your weekly schedule? Do you only want to work four days a week? Do you only want to work two days a week? What does that look like? And then does the dream, that goal, make sense based on the daily schedule factoring Mm -hmm. in time and money? Oh, wow. Okay. Time, money, dreams and dailies. And I've got to add that while you are you're sharing this from the perspective of a business owner, I think that this is so applicable to those who are in more like traditional nine to five roles, mm-hmm. because very many of us are leading teams and executing on projects and having to move the needle forward for the companies that we work for and having that that big picture based on time, the goals that the organization has. So maybe if you're in a professional nine to five role, you're trying to meet revenue goals, or maybe you're in a nonprofit fundraising goal and you're trying to reach donor goals. And then thinking about what are those big things that you want to accomplish? And then how can you actually make those happen on a day-to-day basis based on the reality of your time and how you want to spend your time? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I think that it can work for a nine to five. I think it can work for a small business. I think it can work for a stay at home mom. Yeah, when seriously. You're, like you're thinking about, hey, what are we doing? What's our family goal? What are we doing for the next three months of the year? Okay, y'all. So I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. 
I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at annadcornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. So tell me this, for someone who is listening in and they're currently operating from a day-to-day to-do list. They don't have a quarterly plan. They're not doing an annual plan. They're really just managing day-to-day, week-to-week. What would be the best first step for someone who is quarterly planning curious? I love quarterly planning curious. What a great way to say that. I love it. (laughs) First of all, this episode is airing when we're getting ready to kick off Q3. So if you're one of those people that's, okay, it's not January 1st, I can't start. For some reason, you get that mindset, which is not a correct mindset. We all know that. But, you know, we get this like, oh, I have to start it on Monday or I have to start Mm -hmm. on January 1st. Like we just get into that like rhythm. You're about to start Q3. Hey, there's your mindset right there. You're about to start July, August, and September. So you can absolutely get started right now. But maybe you're listening to this a little bit later on in the year. I still think you can get started at any point in time with quarterly planning. You could even make it smaller for yourself and decide to try it out for a 30-day time frame. Ooh. Just take a look at the beginning of the month. Okay, what's happening in August or what's happening in September and start small. You don't have to, again, shoot for the moon. You don't have to go so big with it that it feels like you bit off more than you can chew. Just start small. Mm -hmm. So let's say we've decided to take the plunge into quarterly planning or maybe just monthly planning. We're taking a baby step. Where should all of this live? How do you create the plan and then not forget about it once life starts to happen? You need to have it somewhere where you are going to see it on a regular basis so that you don't forget. Because like you said, life does happen. It's also really easy to get what I like to call disco ball syndrome. And we can be easily distracted with like other ideas or other things that are (laughs) happening. So maybe we are really great about, okay, here's my quarterly plan for the first like two or three weeks. But then reality sets in or we see somebody doing something on Instagram and that looks like way cooler than what we set out to do or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you want it to be somewhere where you're going to see it on a regular basis. So going back to Trello, I have mine on Trello and my quarterly plan actually lives on my week Trello board so that every single day when I'm opening up my weekly planner in Trello, I'm seeing that list right there. And I'm reminded, all right, Q3, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're working towards. For those of you that do own your own business, I also set aside a project plan day every single week. So I have one day a week where 
I'm working on my business and I prioritize my on my business to do's just like I would prioritize client work. So for that day, I try not to have any Zoom calls. Mm -hmm. I try not to be in my inbox or in Slack quite as much. Typically, there's that one day a week where as long as nothing's quote unquote on fire, like your clients can wait. They can wait Mm -hmm. just a little bit. Like it's okay to wait 24 hours to be able to get back with them. And so I focus on what are those projects that I'm working on in the quarter. And so that allows me to get into a weekly rhythm that has me hopefully moving the needle and at least getting closer to that quarterly goal, if not hitting the goal by the end of the quarter. So this is more of a tactical question, but the fact that you spend one day a week of your four-day work week just on project planning, working on your business instead of in your business. So you've got one day a week for project planning, three days a week that you're actually serving clients and doing the the business. How do you set expectations with your clients that you're not always going to be available 24-7 so that you can actually carve out that time. Because I have to imagine that there are people listening, whether they're business owners or they're professionals who report to bosses that are thinking, oh, I could never carve out a day to just work on my business. Um, So how do you set expectations? See, I think that a lot of that is we feel like as the business owner, we put the pressure on ourselves that we could never tell our clients that or we could never set that expectation and that clients won't understand. I've never had a client question that. And I I think part of that is, number one, I'm a subcontractor, so I'm working when I work for their businesses, if that makes sense. They're not setting Mm -hmm. the schedule for me like, okay, Kat, I need you nine to five on Tuesdays. No, they don't dictate that to me. As long as I'm hitting deliverables and getting deadlines done, I work when I need to work and want to work to make that happen. So I've never had a client question, oh, she's not available on Thursdays or she can't do it on Tuesdays because Tuesdays is my day with my children. I really just think it comes down to having a positive attitude for yourself when you're Mm -hmm. setting that expectation with them and feeling really confident that you can still do that and perform really well for your clients on the days that you are quote unquote on for your clients and then the day that you're not on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's really helpful uh, that your clients are understanding. They recognize the structure of the relationship. You are very upfront with, I'm sure you're very upfront with how that relationship works in setting those expectations. I think that th- there's a chance that there are some people listening right now who are in a subcontractor role, but they've allowed the client to dictate how and when they'll work and respond. And so I I think that if you're listening and that's you, this is a real opportunity to to really start thinking through what is it that you actually want? What is your vision for how you want to spend your time to make those dreams happen on the daily? Um, Absolutely. to, to, To use Kat's terms. And I know that you have personal experience with this, Kat. So I'd love for you to tell a little bit of your story here. But The past few years have been very discouraging for many of us. Mm -hmm. When the world shut down in March of 2020, many of our businesses, many of our roles just completely changed. Some of them completely disappeared for a period of time. Childcare was, was sporadic, erratic. We were having to put everything on pause when ourselves or family members would get sick. And planning beyond a week out or even a day out can feel very discouraging because it can be very easy to think, what's the point? 
all of these planes are going to blow up anyway. Why would I even, why would I even kid myself to make a 90 day plan? So what advice would you have for someone who feels completely discouraged after the past two years of just unknowns and surprises? First of all, going back to what I said before, in terms of starting small, I like can't stress that part enough. If 90 days still feels too long, try 30. Like truly just think through what's happening in the here and now versus trying to dreamcast a little bit too far in advance. If you're just in a, it's still in a season with work or with personal that feels wonky. I also though want to challenge you to think about what were the expectations that you put on yourself Mm -hmm. during that season of unknown. I feel like I work with a lot of business owners and guys, I've done this too. So I'm like preaching to myself here where I know that the next 90 days are going to be wonky, but I still give myself a goal that's probably unrealistic. Like I probably shouldn't have given myself that goal if I'd actually sat down and assessed, oh, what are we looking like time-wise? What are we looking like with money? What are we looking like with dreams and dates? All of those things. For example, having my third baby this year, I originally wanted to launch a course in Q2 and that's laughable. It's it's literally laughable. <laughs> I thought like I'm going to have a child and do all these other things, but also put together a signature program. Like absolutely not. And I realized very quickly into Q2, that wasn't going to happen. And I literally deleted it off of my Trello board. I was like, nope. Okay. We're just not going to do it. So I want to stress to you, like truly be realistic and know that you might be in a season where you don't have this lofty goal and that's okay. We all go through those seasons where it's a season of just creating something that's sustainable in the here and now, not necessarily striving for growth. Mm -hmm. So just give yourself the grace and the permission to be really realistic with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Give yourself the grace to be really realistic with what you're doing. That's so helpful. And speaking of helpful, Kat, how can we learn more about quarterly planning? How can you be our guide? Like, Since you are clearly the expert on this, what you got for us? I would love to connect with you. <laughs> um, I am the girl on Instagram that prefers DMs over any other part of Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're on Instagram, I'd love to connect with you in DMs. If you are getting started with quarterly planning, working on your quarterly plan, like definitely send me a message there at Catch Moyer. I also have some resources on quarterly planning on the blog and the YouTube channel. So it's catchmoyer.com and that's where you can access all of that. And we have templates and resources in the shop too. I also have a masterclass called The Quarterly Cure, and inside of The Quarterly Cure, I go even more in-depth on time, money, dreams, and dailies. I talk to you about exactly how you can implement that in a 90-day time frame with benchmark goals, steps to get there. There's a um, Trello template, a Google worksheet, a quarterly calendar, like literally all the things in this resource for you specifically on quarterly planning. Oh my gosh. So it's essentially... Just on a platter, everything that we need to start quarterly planning. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. It's like my favorite masterclass in the shop. Oh my goodness. I'll definitely link that in the show notes so you can check it out, especially if you are quarterly planning curious and want to dive into it being basically having your hand held by Kat so that she can you know, walk you through that process in this masterclass. Because when you've got that big picture, when you've got that vision for the next 90 days, it really does make everything, every decision so much easier. So Kat, 
thank you again so much for joining me today for this conversation, for sharing your heart, sharing about all of the things that you do, how you do them, and how we can be visionaries ourselves with quarterly planning. Thank you so much for having me, Anna. Like I said, I love talking to you. I love talking about this topic. So it really was such a joy to get to hang out with you for a little bit today. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kat. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Anna. And there you have it. Anytime I talk with Kat or tune into her podcast, Talking Small Business, I can't help but feel inspired to do my dreams and dailies and to create my big picture quarterly plan. With Q3 of 2022 just a few weeks away, I'm feeling excited about diving into creating my quarterly plan. You can find links to the tools that Kat mentioned, as well as links to her website, social media, and The Quarterly Cure by visiting the show notes for this episode at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 127. And before you go, let me tell you about next week's episode. Next week's episode, episode 128, is all about how to deal when traditional time management advice just doesn't work for you. Well, you don't have to stay in that place repeating the cycle over and over again. If traditional time management methods aren't working for you, I've got some suggestions that can help, and you'll find them next week in episode 128. I'll see you there. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.